Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of volleyball, the show of Ancho Reyes, Tequila Ocho Whistler, La Condesa, lots of wonderful things with today's guest attache for the Bon Vivant. Whitney Hobbs was in Austin tonight, now is a Houstonian, and we had an amazing time sitting down and chatting just after Cinco de Mayo this year. It ended up being about the 88th interview that I recorded. Now I'm releasing it a tad bit early, but it is quite fortuitous that the 88th interview was right after Cinco de Mayo and it was discussing Tequila Ocho. Eight, eight, eight. Lucky numbers if you ask me. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Whitney Hobbs. Born in Houston. Oh, really? But okay. I only lived here there for about a year. Okay. And then I, I grew up in Colorado. Colorado, no yeah. kidding. Which part? Mountain Girl. Really? Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. Beautiful though. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of white people, right? <laughs> a lot Lots of white of, people. A lot of white bread. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. I yeah. loved growing up there. Um, it was amazing. It's definitely an interesting city. In which way? It's very there's a lot of military there in a way that is actually kind of strange because there's the air force academy and there's a big army base there okay and so they always kind of are fighting you know like if you go downtown like if you go out in colorado springs at Mm -hmm. night like it's kind of a little sketch sometimes really? because they they like are always fighting each like other literally at bars fighting and each stuff. other yeah no shit it's like this like testosterone like army versus the air force academy really? and so it's actually kind of like scary to go like i would never go out in colorado springs wow so not that you would want like... to anyway it's not cool but <laughs> it's like there's like it's really strange that there's is just, strange like, clubs and there's always like these brawls happening in the street jets versus sharks and That's it's crazy. colorado like you it wouldn't is, think that that would be a thing there it is the strangest city in that way like that it's not weird. like the rest of the state at all it's yeah. really conservative in that mm-hmm. city there's a lot of um a lot of christians there's like a lot of scientologists really? there and it's just like it's so strange because it's a really really beautiful area of right. the city because pike's peak is right there yeah. and it's the garden of the gods it's beautiful but when i was growing up it wasn't like that i mean it was totally chill and we lived downtown like right by downtown where mm. colorado college is which is this total like liberal arts hippie school yeah. and and so you're saying it kind of as as you got older and as the city maybe if you want to call it evolved that's when this tension kind of started to build it got worse like my parents always tell me how bad it's just like consistently getting and the city's like all the cool stuff in the city's kind of closing you know like all the local restaurants and wow it's kind of a bummer that is it's so strange i I had really no idea i mean i've been to denver and boulder and stuff but we didn't yeah well and the rest of the state is flourishing and i'm not sure what the deal is with colorado springs but (laughs) what's your deal colorado (laughs) springs I wanted to be cool again, you know, like it's where I grew up and the rest of the state is so rad. Yeah. Um, But I left for college. I went to Auburn, Alabama, and then I'm all over the place. No, that's good though. Well, so, all right. So let's take it. So you are growing, you absolutely kind of growing up your formative years in Colorado Springs. Do you have any siblings? No. Only only lonely. Cool. That's it. Did you like that? I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I like my brother uh, most of the time. But then there's times where it's I like... I get it. You know? I had... My best friend growing up was an only child too. So oh, I always good. have claimed her as my yes, sister. there you go. But we both hated it. Like, it, I just... It's sad. It's like you go on family vacations <laughs> and it's like your parents just hanging out. <laughs> you're all and just you're contemporaries, just like right? hanging out next to them. Yeah. Like, no, hey. That's it, but it's so strange like how quickly like you immediately become peers. You're just like getting lunch. Totally. Just like, uh, not as if like a fan. There's no dynamic. It's like, okay, we're all cool. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. it does force you to kind of be a little more mature and grow up because you're constantly yeah. around adults, though. That's right. That's the only example, this right? This is why I'm so, you know, wise Oh, of and course. And so and... articulate and like, mature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all That's of what I thought when I was younger, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up 
there, and then I moved to Alabama for school for Auburn. What, what which is program? Um, well, I did marketing there, okay. and I left after two years because after I hated years. living in Alabama. Cause yeah, I have hear good things, and I hear bad things. It's really pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. Great What's, golf. Great. Oh, good. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> really know, good for all of us. Really important. <laughs> yeah, stuff. incredibly important. It was, it was great. Auburn was beautiful. I fell in love with it the second I went there, which yeah. is why I ended up going there. My whole family's from New Orleans, and so I was supposed to go to LSU. Yeah. But I what, went to Auburn, and I just I loved it. So was it... Is this correct that I saw this at some point? Were you into volleyball at some point? Is that like some sports? I, yeah, I was right? a really, really competitive volleyball player in, in high school. In high school, right? Yeah, and I that left kind of took actually. You and stuff? I left and I quit after high school. There is a girl that played volleyball at Auburn University named uh, Whitney Hobbs that looks a lot like me, though. No kidding. We used to get confused a lot. I wonder if that's if that circulated too, because there's like these things. It's like, well, we don't. I don't know much about Whitney, and I try to do some due diligence. Yeah. You know? Four people come in, and that just means Facebook's not going <laughs> It's way easier than actual research. Right? <laughs> you know, remember when you had to go into the library to do stuff? Yeah. Like, not anymore. It's very the easy. The Dewey Decimal System is just... No one understands no one that under, still. The, it's totally, totally done. Totally they still use that? I think they do. It's I like remember, this inside club now. I remember in trying to learn that, and I was just like... What? How do I not understand this? It's so crazy. It is, and that... It, it's just... It's an analog way to do things, you know. I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it's you know, it will uphold all the test of time. That's right. You know? It'll be here beyond <laughs> us. We'll be dead, and the Dewey Decimal System will still cockroaches be thriving. will know how to do it. That's at that right. Point. It's it's ingrained. In <laughs> but um, no, sorry, so, I'm like no, totally getting no, no, it's fine. <laughs> so marketing, but was that kind of the interest in high school? And what what was it that caused you to like quit the volleyball thing? I this really evil woman of a coach. Yeah. And personality conflict she just drove me away from it. Yeah, I didn't want it to be my life. You know, like I wanted to go to college and have fun and experience like yeah. being away from my family and being like out of my element and right. being in, on the volleyball team would have just kind of completely encompassed my life. Totally structured, right? It's like practices every day. You probably have meets every week, tournaments or whatnot every weekend. Yeah, I mean, you just don't you don't stop, and so that just wasn't something that I was excited about or interested in. And yeah. I didn't have, I guess I just didn't love it as much as I thought I did. Yeah. And well, when you, yeah, when you, especially when it's like on the rocks, right? Yeah, it's right. Like, do you want to work through this or we want to just like dissolve this relationship? And it was my life, like my whole life. I played year round. I played high school, like I played competitively yeah. on the side. So you like play club on the off season to wow. keep in shape. And right, so I, right. I did all of that, all that, like I was nonstop. Crazy. And, and then I moved and I quit. Well, that's good. I mean, it's a good transition. Was it? But the marketing piece was that something that you were interested in high school, or was it something that kind of more emerges? That was just kind of, you know, when you're like going to call, like getting out of high <laughs> school, and you're like, is, yeah. I'm going to be in, mar- in marketing. I and watch I was Mad like, Men. You know, I know like, how. <laughs> you like close your eyes and you're like, that one. <laughs> so I did that, and then I ended up leaving Auburn because I hated Alabama, yeah. so I moved back to Colorado and I changed my major okay would you go to back to colorado springs or did you i went to fort collins oh okay okay which was my other home for a very long time it's still far enough away from the parents where you felt like exactly. independent and stuff, it's like right? two hours from. Colorado oh good springs. perfect so it's close sure but not too far we can visit if we want it doesn't take that long of a drive exactly but the rest of the time and I'm it's close to boulder so Fort. i don't know if you know like here's denver it's like mm-hmm. right in the middle colorado springs is directly south fort collins is directly north and okay. then boulder is like kind of right here oh gotcha so they're all really close to yeah, each really other close. My best friend, like that girl that I was telling you, my sister, yeah. she went to Boulder. I had a bunch of friends there. Oh, great. But I didn't want to go to Boulder. Yeah, it's, it was it's a little too white. A little too you have a nose ring, though, don't you? I do. Yeah, that everybody in Boulder does. That's what I noticed <laughs> I like, when we went down there last year. It's like, everybody has it. Well, all females have a nose ring. Boulder is Boulder's beautiful. I and love I it. love oh, it. It's beautiful. And yeah. it was really awesome 15 years ago. Yeah. And now it's like a bunch of california people i guess right. it's like austin too but yeah well austin's still at least we've got room to stretch out boulder like kind of has these bookends where you can't really make it bigger it's such a small city it's so expensive you know? and it's totally expensive yeah so i lived in fort collins because i love beer and <laughs> i really like and wings it. and mountains <laughs> and i yeah. loved it up there yeah and i switched my major which school is up in fort collins colorado state oh, okay colorado state um and so i finished there and i finished with a rhetorical communications degree with a minor in ethnic literature. So, <laughs> it seems like rhetorical communications. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's perfect right now. 
I know. Because everybody's talking, but nobody's saying anything. I know. It's all like it's rhetorical anyway. So it's it's interesting how it kind of turns around. What in essence, what does that mean? What does that mean? mean? Yeah. I have no idea still. It <laughs> it was basically like the closest thing you could get at Colorado State to like a pre-law. Okay. okay. And that was something I was interested in for a while. Um so it was a lot of debate classes. Mm. It was a lot of like argumentative things, a lot of like persuasive classes. Yeah. I actually took like a class called the art of persuasion. Interesting. So I really, it was like I really. You thought are it was cut bad. out for like that's actually a pretty good foundation for getting into other industries. You Absolutely, know? you know, like it kind of touches all all marks that you would need to be involved with anything, and yeah. it seemed like a made up degree, and it still kind of does. And <laughs> I mean, I finished, and yeah. I finished on time, which is crazy. That's great. Um, and when then, did you? Which year did you graduate? I graduated in '09. Oh, cool. Very yeah. cool. So yeah, that's a good. That's a good year. It was a good year. Good year. And so the under you saying the minor in ethnic literature is that right? What is the uh, the pinnacle of ethnic literature? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I just don't know. Like, is that a book written in uh, Iran? Like what what exactly? It was like a lot of stuff about the Quran oh, and yeah. a lot of like African American literature. Yeah. And it was just like this. I don't know. I'm just like kind of like that person that's like ooh. No that one's going to have that one. I'm yeah. going to go with that. <laughs> I want the esoteric degrees so people have to ask me questions. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just like, to me, it was really interesting. You know, that was, yeah. I've, I've always been really, I love literature and that was always a passion of mine that's, in English. That's great. Yeah. And it was like one of the most like finite and defined minors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is, I don't know anything about like a lot of this stuff. And this is probably one of the only opportunities I'll ever take the that's time to learn reason. about it. That's a, actually a really good reason to go to school because, you know, you go do a marketing degree, for example, you're kind of taking classes that are a bit stiff, you know? Oh, well, here's how you market. And how many people have taken these classes? Oh, right. And it's like right, so right. monotonous and you're just like... Mm-mm-mm. And and in retrospect, I think a lot of people when they go into college, they're like, well, I'm going to do what it takes to get the degree. Makes, makes perfect sense. I totally get that, right? But just work a job, build up your resume there, and then go to school and end up with some degree, but do things that are kind of interesting. Because you're yeah. not going to get a chance to go back. I don't want to spend money to go back. I don't want to be 36 and going back I mean, going back to school again, you know? No. I just I feel like Rodney Dangerfield. I'm back to school. <laughs> like, what's that guy doing here, you know? Well, and I think that when I went to Auburn, I definitely didn't give, I didn't give a shit about yeah. school. I was just there to party, and I was just raging my face off. Yeah, I, yeah. like, lived really far away from my parents. As, you know, it's like you're gone, and you live this crazy life all of a sudden, and then when I moved back, I was just kind of like, I just cared more. Yeah. And I worked full time all the way through school. What so were you I, d- doing similar stuff or like a, one job or? I worked, I was a manager of this place called the Chiba Hut. Okay. Which is. What is the Chiba Hut? It's a weed themed cool. sandwich shop. Really? Yes. What? Oh, God. We got to talk about this. <laughs> what is the, the essential Chiba shop sandwich? So, well, the Chiba Hut had, Chiba, yeah. um, I think we had like 25 or 26 sandwiches and they were all named after different strains. Oh, This wow. was like, and this thing started in like 2000. So this is way before. This was way was before its time. Yeah. yeah. And it started, it started in Arizona, but Fort Collins was kind of like the mecca of yeah, it. Yeah. And it was just this like hilarious little sandwich shop that a bunch of stoner kids ran. That's so cool. Though. And I randomly got a job there. I lived across the street from it uh-huh. and I used to go all the time and I just started working there and then I started managing it. So that's like, I, that's like how I got through school that's was so working cool, at though. this place. But like, the most popular yeah, one. Yeah, what's this? What's the sandwich? So they had sizes, okay. right? The nug was <laughs> like a four inch. The pinner was an eight inch. I can't. I remember everything. This is still. brilliant. Yeah. And then the blunt was the twelve inch. Twelve inch, okay. So okay. everybody always got the blunt white widow. Okay. So which, is a strain, which was like... chicken, bacon, ranch, and mushrooms. Oh. Yeah, but they had like the what? What are some other ones? I'm like totally blanking on all no, of but them. That's, Panama but Red was really popular. The the Kana was really popular. I mean, like we had Sticky Icky was this uh. like weird <laughs> like peanut butter rice crispy treat that we made, oh and like it was it's hilarious. That's cool though. That's so it's just like it's nice to have these non chain kind of things that are out of, outside of the box in a sense. 
it's literally like look it up it's like one of the coolest little spots that's so cool and i ran that place for like three years yeah so until you finished up at colorado state well yeah i actually worked there a year afterwards which was not my finest time (laughs) (laughs) i was like i graduated i was like what do i do i guess i'll just still work here it makes sense though and then i started working at snooze actually oh snooze is great So they opened one in Fort Collins, and I helped open that one. And so that was where I started working behind the bar. Oh, really? And I did barista, bartend, and I was a server, like, all at once. Yeah. It's a crash course, right? Yeah, Because you already kind of knew operational management, I imagine. Yeah. And, like, getting up at four in the morning, like, totally (laughs) changes your life. The most productive I've ever been in my life. Amazing. Working at a breakfast place, for sure. What and kind of prep you guys doing at four? Making the coffee? Well, you, we doing- open at six. Oh, gotcha. And so you get up at four because you have to be at work at five. Yeah. And ironically, there is no time to snooze. No. It's a, for us as the people that get to go in there. Yeah, I didn't realize you guys opened. So it's crazy. Early, yeah. You, it was a really, it was a crazy time in my life, but I loved it. And I, and then I started training all of their new hires and all of their new locations. Oh, so cool. I worked for them for a while. How many locations are you talking now? Because they're just moved into Austin. They have three in, three or four in Denver, yeah. one in Boulder, one in Fort Collins. They have a couple in Arizona, That's a couple right, in California. Yeah. So have you traveling to all those other markets too? I was only in, we were oh, only in Colorado at that time Oh, gotcha, when gotcha. I worked with them. But That's I'm so, so cool. excited that they're coming here. They have one in Houston, they're opening too. Oh, really? I can't wait. Man, this breakfast. What I'm trying to even think about, the, maybe it's a French toast that we had. And it was just their like, pancakes are it pancakes. legit. It's, it's all really, really good stuff. It's an amazing restaurant. Yeah. And they have a full bar, which is also that's pretty gangster. More, oh, that's right. Because I had a coffee. Well, <laughs> we went there. Well, you wait because they get the coffee, which is great. Yeah. So you sit there and you're kind of waiting drink coffee. But yeah, I had a cocktail and some breakfast. And the place blew me away. I don't know why. Because it was maybe because it's not pretentious at all. It's just unassuming. It's yeah. all very delicious. And it's know? very like, it's one of the coolest companies I've ever worked for. And they're very locally driven yeah. and they were doing that before that was like a cool thing, thing to do yeah, yeah you know they did it because that was the right thing to do that's so cool and it's different that way i'm happy that they're coming here i love that i loved that job i was so sad to leave what did you end up leaving i just was ready to move out of fort collins yeah. and like usual i was dating a boy this is a very common thread mind it is yeah like for 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 both sexes yeah everybody always is dating somebody and they move with them oh well let's go here you want to go there let's go yeah so he had a friend here in austin like his best friend Mm -hmm. and we went and visited and we were kind of ready to move somewhere and i was like yeah i like it we're talking like 2010 or 11 or later than 2011 yeah yeah okay and so we moved and we broke up a month later <laughs> and he moved back to Fort Collins oh, shit. and I was like, like peace I'm staying because well, it seems like you took to it pretty quickly yeah what I did, mean I got lucky with I got a job right away where did you start working here Lock and Dessa oh I didn't know that yeah behind the bar or yeah here? behind the bar they believed me that I had bartending experience that's from snooze so it was like you know that's I perfect. made a really good Bloody Mary yeah well that's a great pl- I mean I guess now it becomes kind of clear where the agave journey started exactly that's a great that that place before there were other cocktail bars that could specialize in agave that was the kind of the place it was the jam it had mezcal you know i know other people did and i didn't know i mean i didn't know anything about agave spirits before i started working there and i my first they hired me and which was totally like luck yeah i mean i was just right place at the right time i sent the right i mean i didn't even know what it was i was literally just like sending emails of like i needed a job and having yeah, money right right and i wanted to do events like events was kind of my ultimate mindset and my goal and okay. i was like well obviously that's gonna take a while so sure. i probably should get a like, job so, so like your your kind of own company putting on events and, and that kind of thing or? yeah just kind of like i'm very social and i always thought that like throwing parties would be like something i would be really Hell good yeah. at but in my mind i was like oh, man, i don't know how i'm gonna do that that right. seems like a crazy job to figure out so I started at La Condesa just, I randomly, it was the first interview that I had in Austin. No kidding. And I went and I sat down and I, they were like, all right, we're going to take a chance on you. And I was like, okay, I promise. I'll be really good. I promise. That's really wonderful though. I got lucky. Yeah. And my first day, I'm working with this guy named Morgan 
And he's, we're just like bullshitting. And he's like, so where'd you move from? And I was like, oh, from Fort Collins. And he was like, get the fuck out. I'm from Fort Collins. What the hell? Are you kidding me? It was crazy. But you didn't know him there. No, I had no idea. I'd never crazy? met him. It's like you go, you run in the same, like uh, Joyce Garrison, for example. Yeah. Right? So we went to the same high school. What? And I think she maybe graduated a year or two before me. Uh-huh. But still, like we went to the same high school. I probably walked in the same halls in her, and it took moving to Austin to ever meet her. That is so that funny. Weird? But that's like how it is for a lot of people. I know. They're, like like Bob King. Bob went. Bob lived in Katy. What? I was like, what the fuck, really? And I what? never ran into him. I mean, he's, he's he's again, he's like a couple years younger than me. But it's just it's funny how the world. It's almost not funny because how coincidental it is you meet these people, which you probably want. Like being in La Condesa in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. right? I probably was there and you were probably oh, yeah, working for on the sure. bar. And it's like, I would have never known, right? And I, I love that because as, as things as you, it's almost like in a scene where you have this blurred, you, you have a shot and it's like really up close and it's blurred and you're like, what are they shooting? And then they pull back. Yeah. And then everything becomes clear. It's like, Well, ah. and you kind of think about it. You're like, well, if we're from the same background, it almost like, does it make sense that we're ending up in the same place? Right, you know, absolutely. we grew up in the same place. We did all this stuff that was probably really similar growing up. Yeah. Like, it's interesting if you think about it. Like, well, obviously, we end up in a similar area. Right. Because, that makes sense. You but know? And, like, working alongside each other. That's so bizarre. Profoundly faithful, you know? But, yeah, we, that's where I fell in love with Agave. That amazing. We had to do this, like, we wanted to create this, like, basically, like, Agave Bible. Yeah. Where we had every single spirit on the back bar like detailed yeah. where it's it, you know kind of like a wine like a wine book okay. where there's like yeah, sure. color aroma flavor finish and so there was four bartenders and mm. we got assigned like a fourth of it which is just wow. a lot any uh, rhyme or reason to it or is it just agave well general? there's yeah just like the shell and there's so there was like the way if you remember like the way that the shelving is set up mm. it's kind of you can kind of like visually split it based yeah, on like yeah, yeah. sections of the shelves and so we just did it like that. That's crazy. And so we would literally every day, like we'd help each other. So when we were slow or like at the end of the shift, we would pick like two or three mm-hmm. lines and we would taste through all of them. And oh, we'd like be so like cool. writing all these notes and stuff. And that was that was when I learned about tequila. Like that was when I was in my like prime agave. Because yeah. I, I could literally like, we could all probably taste something and tell you exactly what it was. No kidding. So that's how so honed in it was. Yeah. And you're, do, you know, you're really like putting your mind to it because you're like, what are you getting from this? And like talking about it, like it was just something that was a really big part of my life. Yeah. I mean, it still is. Sure. So. But I mean, but now it's like, it's become laser focused, the things you're passionate about. Whereas when you're kind of stepping into like almost an act from an academic perspective. Yeah. That, like. Here's the resource material. I got to go Here's through your library. All of it. Yeah, it's brilliant. I wish, man, it's just, besides my rack downstairs, I wish I had. Like, it was all so that stuff, cool. You know? And it really made me fall in love with certain tequilas. Yeah. And honestly, one of my, I had three favorites that I always would recommend to people. Mm-hmm. And it was always El Tesoro. Uh-huh. At that time, Chinaco. Yeah. Which is different now deformed from what i understand yeah now. you yeah. know like back like then we like that was it was still delicious yeah. um an ocho that's crazy see it's like i know you locked eyes it's, with crazy. Ocho it's pretty crazy actually like that yeah. was always one that i would sell people on because it has such a great story yeah it's a great story great flavor yeah everything and actually there's a question i was gonna ask you we'll talk about ocho of course here in a second but were your f- folks in the hospitality industry at all? No. They weren't? Okay. No, my dad's actually in the oil industry. Really? <sighs> yeah. No, that's no good. Judgment. No, no. It's yeah, he's I mean, in he's the oil. He's from Houston, in- right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's why figure. we lived in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, he's oil and natural gas. So, Makes sense. And they're both from New Orleans. Ah, uh, even more. Yeah, I just, you know, that's another thread. People move because of love. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And that's how the stories kind of, that's where they get their twists and yeah. turns or plot twists, you know? But also, a lot of people... It's like they don't realize it until we talk about it, and it's like, oh yeah, well you know, I was working in a restaurant and this, and did a wine program, and then went to agave. And they're like, oh wait, that's what my parents did. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? But in, so in this case, though, you're like totally we're like totally that opposite. That's so cool. Pretty much everything my father and my mom wanted me to do, I did the you're opposite. Like, I'm doing the opposite. Yeah, I'm revolting. I was like a bad child like that. That's so funny. Well, I mean, you had to have some twist and turn because you're only child, right? There's exactly. Gotta be some you don't have a sister or brother to fight with and get in trouble with yeah so you gotta do it in different ways 
And then, you know, I never thought that like bartending would take me where I where I am today. Right. You know, and that was kind of my final like, see, dad, it worked out. I can do this. I, thing. Did, I can't yeah. throw parties for a living. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> That's brilliant. So this luck and death thing seems very, very formative, very influential. And it, it's kind of introducing you to Ocho, which has played obviously a big role in your career now. Where did you go to after Condessa? So I did, somebody convinced me to do Speed Rack. Mm -hmm. And I did Speed Rack the first time they did it in San Antonio. Okay. And I met a man there named Scranton. Scranton, got it, yeah. And then Scranton started coming in and seeing me at La Condessa a lot. Okay. Him and Freddie, do you remember Freddie from Illegal? Oh, no, 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 I don't actually. So this guy named Freddie used to live here and he worked for Illegal. He lives in Guatemala now. Oh, okay. Um, they used to come in and like heckle me at the bar. At La really? And it was just that they just would come in and they would just be like, make me something with gin or make me something with this. Like you th- moving you through the ringers. And like, I honestly, like at that, I still didn't really know how to, I wasn't, I was a bartender and I could like crush that well, yeah. but I didn't know how to make drinks, right. you know, like. It was very functional. When you just know a menu, that doesn't mean you know how to make drinks right exactly in theory right yeah and so one day he came up to me and Scran came up to me and he was like i'm opening a bar and i would love for you to come and help us open it amazing and we so yeah. yeah so i left lock and after south by i was i was i gave them south by i was like i will work south by for you because yeah. i know it is horrible and then i went to and then i went to oaxaca and then I came back and I started, I opened Whistlers. That's crazy. Which was pretty, pretty recently. What, like 2013 maybe? I think so. Yeah. That sounds like about that. right. It's time's going by so quickly. Like if I don't lock down the dates. I know. It's going to all blur together. A year. And, and I imagine if, if people that, that listen to the show, like they say, why does he always want to fixate on dates? I'm like, that's why. Because if I don't get the date. it's important. I'm going to lose like <laughs> a whole, a whole set of like, how, what's the skeleton of my life? I don't yeah. even know what was going on, you know? So, but that was a great spot, huge. Oh my God, I love it. And it's still my baby. I remember, I mean, we like would stay late sanding the chairs or oh, like, do, like I, my blood, sweat and tears are in that place. Still literally in I, the It will always probably be my favorite bar. It's something about it. Such, the design is so cool. And then of course now you've got the mescalaria up top. It's so crazy how much that place has grown. It's, it's so, and it was so huge and, and it was early the other night. It's just, they're cranking out cocktails, they man. They crank. It's they tell me the numbers that they do, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we did like half of that, and yeah. I felt like I got rocked. It's 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 really really cool. It's a great vibe in there, and so I imagine that's kind of where did you start getting more introduced into cocktails and more interested in that? Yeah, season? we really like we had a really rad opening <clears throat> opening group, and we made all the cocktail menus like yeah. collaboratively. And at that point, I wasn't really in the scene as like a national thing, or like yeah, I wasn't yeah. even like. I guess I was so excited and involved with what we were doing that I didn't even like kind of perceive that there was obviously like other places all over the country right. and all over the world like, doing these just, things. There's a massive movement. But yeah. for me, I was like, wow, this is really cool that we're collaborating as like a team and yeah. creating this cocktail menu together. Um, and so we did that and it was all like, we wanted to do stuff that we could execute quickly mm-hmm. and efficiently and, but it was still delicious. Right. And so that was kind of what we went for. And we had was there like a Guns N' Roses drink on that first menu? There, I remember going in there, and man, I, and I hate to, hate to make you recall that these so many years ago, but like there was some great cocktails on that menu. We had like I honestly like I only remember two of them, and I can't even like think about what the other ones would have been. But we had this one called the Lawnmower. That's the I, Lawnmower I think I remember man. this one. Yeah, yeah. And it had like a chili pekin blackberry jam and oh, then it was wow. tequila lime and ginger beer and there's this guy named mark that used to work at peche forever mm. and then he came over and started working with us there and he would make the jam yeah. at home and it was like the most popular drink hands down oh, like by and large and we were always running out of jam and so he would always be like at home just like making mass quantities of jam and he's like i have to make more i'll be back i gotta go make more jam (laughs) it was so funny but it was like it was cool because we all kind of like were making cocktails together and that was the first time i ever actually got to like be a part of that and sit down and like start thinking about flavors you know like 
things that I never even thought about. Get creative with it. Yeah, like you know, like at Condessa, I was more about the spirits. Yeah. And then there I was kind of like, oh, okay, so I need to actually figure out how to make drinks. You see like how these are almost like classes in this degree. Absolutely, right? like, it's yeah. part of the curriculum. It's, it's like, whoa, like this steps. is- yeah, it's interesting. I almost look, I'm seeing it as like a pyramid, like your second, returning to school. Yeah, way, right? absolutely. And I mean, I, I definitely made some horrible, horrible drinks for <laughs> sure. I mean, we all, like when you start making to, drinks, you, right? you're like, what was I even thinking? Why got to learn. Good? Yeah. But I love that because that was kind of the, the vibe of that bar when I worked there. It was like, hey, I just want something with vodka or right. I want something with this. And that was, it was, you know, it was a high volume like party bar. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I loved it. I mean, the music was loud. It was busy. It was fun. Like, I knew everybody that came in. Yeah. I had great regulars. But far, like, the level of quality in those drinks is higher than what you'd expect in other places. Absolutely. Like yeah. And I think for, like, cranking them out like we did, like, I mean, juicing everything there. Like, you had, like, a prep day every week where yeah. you, like, when your time was up, like, you had to do the prep day. Like, it's, oh, your, it's your week. Sorry, bro. Yeah. But it was good. That's you know, killer. we had so much ownership of that program and... I loved working there. We had such a rad group. When you're still very connected to, which shows exactly how influential and like how positive that group was. Yeah. And, you know, and the, 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 just the, the camaraderie, if you will. Absolutely. That team, the, the team. There are a lot of teams in Austin, you know? There are. It's cool. Especially now, like there's definitely more teams. Yeah. There's so. a lot of, <laughs> I wonder who will become the access or the access and then we've got the allies and like these teams will kind of, because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what you mentioned about Colorado Springs. And it's like the Army versus <laughs> yeah. the Air Force, you know? It's like, that doesn't sound so good at all. But no. there's got to be the bourbon people versus the agave, you know? Yeah, I think there is. But the bar, like the industry, the hospitality industry as a whole is yeah. so, like, incestuous yeah, that, yeah. you know, you've worked everywhere, like, with everybody. and I. But I think especially in a city like Austin, and obviously I'm sure it's like that in most sure. most markets. I mean, every market. But, you know, you start to know people and, like, you have this camaraderie, I think, as, like, a, a whole unit. Yeah. And that's what's important. Like, when you start, like, pinning against each other, like, that's when you're, I feel like you're hurting your industry as a whole. I think so, and your too. Markets. Do you, you know, and this brings up an interesting point, And it's happening this way in music, too, because I was really involved with music as I was growing up. And it seems like there's this sentiment and this kind of, like, shift in the paradigm about people that are younger, like, want it faster but they're not really willing to learn and they don't want to go through the motions. They don't want to go through those classes. Like you have these two, just to already in this, the narrative, you have two total curriculums, two classes that you complete of it. You, you feel, you see that more and more with people that they're a little bit too eager to be that beverage director without going through those steps. I do. I mean, I think that obviously, you know, it makes, I get it. Like yeah, I understand yeah. why people do that and why they feel that way. And right. because there's so many, you know, so many programs and so much stuff and so many places that are opening. There's not enough bartenders or people that have that background a good point. to do it. Mm -hmm. So if nobody's there to train you and to teach you, then, you know, somebody's got to work there. Yeah. So you can, if you talk a big game, you know, these owners that don't know what they're doing. Right, right. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy. No, he totally knows what he's talking about. He read, you know, he read this one book. He read a book. Got it. Ooh. And then they are all this and get these like crazy jobs. And that's that's everywhere, you yeah. know, and that's it's great that we have so many more bars and things like that coming. But I think that everybody that has this knowledge and that has like put in all their time as much as they feel like those people need to like earn it, which right. I agree with, like we also have to teach them. Yeah. You know, like point. we got taught. It's kind of, it's up to everybody, right? Yeah. And like without like taking the time to teach people that don't know any better, yeah. they're not going to get better. And then the industry is not going to grow. And you know, like that's like people don't take enough time to train their staff in general. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that do that and take a lot of time to do that. And that's super important, but there's just not enough of it. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a, scaling problem yeah as in this as this industry really grows and expands and becomes like lucrative because bartending as a career was not thought to be a career but now it's beverage and hospitality like that's a career you can make yeah. good money and sustain your whole life doing that stuff you know so it's it, the industry itself has just changed profoundly which i think rightfully so yeah like, there's there's a lot of money and booze it really is you and know? it's not going anywhere it's not it's a necessary thing people have to have their booze 
and more and more of it, you know? I always used to tell my dad that. I'm like, dad, everybody's going to always drink. Yeah. You There's know? not going to be a crash on booze. No, everybody. That's not going anywhere. You're in the oil industry. We need to talk about this. Yeah, you talk about the fluctuations <laughs> in the market, right? Yeah, but booze, it's, 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 stay, it, it's always growing. People will always need their cigarettes. Exactly. And they'll always need their booze. So I think I think it'll come around. I think people are like learning and, you know, it's the level of quality yeah. is being raised, Absolutely. which is great. And so I think those people that maybe aren't putting in all the effort, like it'll shake itself out. Yeah. I think in the long run, like it works itself out. But like, you know, there's always going to be people that want that beverage director job, things like that, because it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's no it's different like, cool like in job, corporate America you know? too, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a cool job. It's, it's an aspiration. And I think that's great. So it'll, it, you're right. I think it will shake itself out. I think it will. So as we go kind of through this narrative, what was that moment where you wanted to step in? Obviously you're still involved with the bars and you're still making cocktails, but what was that moment where you kind of made that transition into more of a brand advocate, a brand ambassador? So that was another freak accident. <laughs> in my life. It always is. Yes. <laughs> I did. There's this competition that we used to do. I say we now but there was this competition called Viva Sangrita. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was with Tequila Ocho. And I was told by a couple of people that I should enter mm-hmm. because of my love of Ocho and because it's kind of like the cool thing about Viva Sangrita is Sangrita is a pairing yeah. with the tequila. And because Ocho is a vintage tequila, so every year is completely different. It's yeah. very terroir driven tequila. Having that pairing is actually extremely important based on the specific vintage that yeah. you choose as well. That's great because it's it's just one more level of detail. Yeah. It's matching it to the vintage. That's and great. it's like, I don't ever, it was so special because, you know, most of the time you're making cocktails. So it's like one cohesive thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is like a pairing, which is so much more chef driven and yeah. so much more culinarily driven. And I loved that. And so I did Viva Sangrita. I did not win. <laughs> big no they I were like not win. They were i like, really this. didn't win <laughs> they were like this is really spicy <laughs> i was like i know it's so good i love spicy yeah and that was where i met josh harris oh, okay okay who is one of the founders of the bon vivants mm-hmm. and we went out all of us went out after the event and, and this was actually, in austin or were mm-hmm. you okay and then we actually went to whistler's no, afterwards what, yeah huge coincidence which I, I was still working at whistler's and I took him there and we were just like talking on the patio, just like kind of shooting the shit. Yeah. And everybody was so drunk. And I don't remember <laughs> like how that happened, but I didn't, I didn't get super, I was like pretty normal and, yeah. and Josh doesn't drink. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah. And so I was talking to him and like, I think I was the only one that wasn't just like totally out of my mind. And <clears throat> we actually like had some really good connections. We yeah, had some yeah. great conversations you know, fast forward to like two months later, I get this phone call out of the blue and it's Josh. And he's like, we have this really cool project that we're working on mm-hmm. and they want to launch this new brand and they want to launch it in Texas and we need somebody to work for it. Oh, cool. And you're the first person I thought of. Amazing. And so he was like, it's this brand called Ancho Reyes. Yeah. And it's an Ancho Chile liqueur. It's from Puebla. He starts telling me all about it and he's like, I would need you to work in Austin. You can still bartend. You can do your thing. Yeah. But we would have you be the ambassador for Reyes. Amazing. Do you want to do that? I was like, yeah. That sounds <laughs> Why awesome. Why not? Like, and he's like, you would be a bon vivant. Like, yeah. And we're kind of taking... So that was the first time that they kind of expanded into that having more group? people. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't yeah. realize that. So it was Josh and Scott Baird that yeah. founded it. And they also own Trick Dog mm-hmm. and a couple other spots in San Francisco. But this was like their first, they were working with Ocho, Tequila Ocho prior to, but yeah. it was like a side thing. And this was a different situation because Ancho Reyes is also a William Grant brand. Yeah, and so yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of inner working complications. So basically they decided to make all the people that worked for Ancho Reyes the Bon Vivants. Oh, I see. And that was the first time we grew as a company. And so Matthias, who's was San Francisco at that mm-hmm. point, and now is Vegas, was the first one that they expanded to. Gotcha. Alex Strauss, who used to work with us, was LA, and then I was Texas. That's so cool. What, what, so what are, how many products do they have now, Bombay Vaughn? Is there a lot of, because I know of <laughs> yeah. the two. So right now we have Ancho Reyes, Tequila Ocho, Four Square Rum, okay. Vander and Napoleon, Rita, Jen and Yenever, 
we do some work with Luxardo mm. and we have a couple other things coming. Yeah, soon. that's awesome. I don't I, I knew of about three of those, <laughs> but I didn't realize there's well, a large Well, and some of them, like, we only have activated in certain markets. Gotcha, yeah. Um, so, like, for me, I have Tequila Ocho, Antares, Manor, Napoleon, and Foursquare Rum. Oh, cool. Okay. That's, it's, it's a rich kind of thing. Like, it's so cool to say, so you got a couple products and you get a new one. And you're like, all right, well, I'm just adding to the arsenal. You want something sweet now? Yeah. Something aged? Like, it's so cool because you could just... What what it what can I get? You're the dealer, you know, but in exactly. a different kind of way now. And and you know, like kind of the the basis of what we do is we have you know we have people in all the key markets yeah. in the U.S. and they're all bartenders that people like know and really trust. And mm-hmm. like we just have that's kind of our mo is to make sure that it's somebody that people would like want to like sit down and have a meeting with or right. like want to talk spirits with. And it's yeah. not just somebody coming in trying to like sell you on something yeah there's some substance to it and we only work with brands that we really really believe in and that we know are legit yeah Yeah. and so it's it's so easy to work with all of the brands that we have because they're all fucking rad you know and so it's it was really fun to kind of start that start that way when we were such a baby little company and now we have i think there's like 16 of us wow that's great the proof of concept worked. Yeah, it and I mean, cool to see it grow like that too. It's been crazy. That was yeah, and I started with them three years ago. Amazing. So you're still enjoying it, I tell you. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I do. For me, it's crazy because I cover all of Texas. Yeah. So we have in California, we have San Francisco, L.A., and San Diego. Wow. But just me. Here. Yeah, that's. Great. <laughs> but you're but you're living in Houston now. And right? I live. Yeah, we live in Houston. So what what a. Why was, and I, I love, I mean, well, I don't love Houston. I used to live there, but <laughs> it's good. It's, it's fine. Good. Houston's fine. It's Houston's great. Fine. They've made Vietnamese it better. Vietnamese food, though, oh, off the chain. It's it very, yeah, some of the food the best. is incredible, incredible. But what was it about Houston that became a better home base? I think that I, it was always one of the markets I struggled with the most. Yeah. Um, That in Dallas, because they're so big. Yeah. And you really have to kind of like put your time in there. And I just wasn't able to like spend enough time up there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was part of it. And Rob, my boyfriend, got this fantastic job up there. And it was just kind of... What's Rob doing up there? He's a beverage director for a restaurant group up there called, you know, Good Company. I think so. Do you remember Good Company? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's been around for like 40 years. That's amazing. So he got that opportunity and... I was just kind of Moving like, for I love. get like, I know, you know? I know, oh, I know. <laughs> but I was getting a little like stir crazy here. Yeah. Like Austin, I love Austin, but it was feeling a little small for me. Yeah. And I was feeling like I wasn't really growing as a person anymore. Sure. And for me, that's like huge. When I start to feel a little stifled, it's like, it's a I really good move. point. Cause Austin is, it, you know, the industry is incestuous, but Austin is too. And if you live here long enough, like you, you sit down any bar, any restaurant, any day of the week, and you're going to run into somebody you know. And Which is really fun. Totally cool. But for me and for like, I don't know, I'm like all about like always growing. Yeah. And so for me, like I was feeling like I wasn't learning anymore here and I wasn't doing anything that was exciting for me, like mentally yeah. and I knew that if we moved, I would be like totally out of my element. Absolutely, well, especially in the Houston's how much larger than us. So um, it's massive, but I that's good for me. Like I like putting myself in those situations yeah. because it's it's hard. Keep learning, but you keep learning, and it enabled me to like get really in with the Houston market, yeah. and I love that. And I, I mean, I'm here once a month. It's yeah, you're like here I don't quite see a bit. Everybody again, but. It was good. Like, it was a good move for me. The first year was a little crazy up there. I bet. Well, just trying to figure it out. It's so, so huge, intimidating. Man. It's still, I weigh everything. Like, yeah. I never know where I am ever. <laughs> even if I, like, we live in Montrose. Yeah, if yeah. I, even if I, le- if I leave Montrose, it's like, like, where am I? I'm on another planet. River Oaks, what is this? <laughs> we live, we actually live in River Oaks. Oh, do you? Okay, cool. We I, found oh, the, man, I love that area. We got really lucky. That's a great area. We got super lucky. But, but it just keeps getting bigger. And like, when I left, Katie was still disconnected from Houston, right? Like, basically, crazy. it wasn't built out yet. But now, it's just completely as if Austin was built out to Buda. Like, yeah. That's kind of how yeah, it would be. Yeah, absolutely. I just can't believe the growth in that city and the highway being like 100 lanes now. I mean, it's, incre- it's incredible. I will say, though, that the traffic is worse here. 
Oh, it's totally worse. It's worse. Because it's a smaller throughput. There's not enough. Op- there's no option. That's right. Exactly. People are always like, oh, Houston, the traffic's going to be so horrible. No way. You can find your. You can find a place to go and yeah. make it work. It's, I, I, don't, I still don't get it. Because every time I go to Houston, even if it's a rush hour, it's like I still can move. Yeah. Where I'm not sitting. On- you can get somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So you just got to be wise about yeah, it. People bitch about traffic. Tra- it's like sitting at dinner. What are the two things you're not supposed to talk about at dinner? Politics and religion, right? Yeah. Let's just add traffic. And weather. Like, yeah, well, and weather. <laughs> oh, how's the weather down there? You're like, well, it's still uh, raining. It's the same place. Still underwater here still in Houston. Still seeing cars underwater, yeah. <laughs> but no, man, traffic, it's just pedantic to talk about. But to your point, like Houston's got at least some space and some throughput, you know, just good. And so, I love it. Here are a couple interesting things, and this is not about Houston, but about this chat, right? Then we mentioned it, and it didn't even occur to me. This is the 88th chat that I've had. Ocho, 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 Ocho. talking about Ocho. I mean, that's crazy. Go to Mile. Yeah, that's fucking (laughs) crazy. And 888 is, I think, that's a lucky number, right? Yeah. So everything's lining up. I know. And you brought a bottle. You said this is the 08 vintage? 2009. Yeah, amazingly, the Pomes, which was one of my favorite years. What is what? What is it that draws you to this particular tequila? This particular vintage. The two thousand. I guess that was. I think that was obviously the first time I probably ever had it. Was in was the two thousand nine yeah. vintage, which is one reason why I totally fell in love with it. But I think just this. What makes Ocho so special is because it is terroir driven, yeah. and that is such a random and crazy concept that. Now it's something we talk about so much, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like that everything about the plants that we put into these spirits, like mm-hmm. obviously where they're grown and how they're grown and the con- everything about the conditions everything, is yeah. extremely important and has a lot to do with the flavor components. Yeah. But when they started doing this, nobody was, nobody was talking about that. Yeah, and tequila? No. Especially. Especially with tequila, you know, with wine. And yeah, with, well, that's how it always, because yeah. it's so regional, you know. But with like tequila, I mean, it was this crazy concept and the fact that, they are so different and they could be from, you know, 50 miles difference, but like they completely they taste completely totally different. different. Yeah. And I, I think in 2017 is the first time that we're going to rehab, like we're going to have a vintage for the second time, a ranch for the second oh, time. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Um, Release number two. And so that'll be like super nerd out time where you're yeah, trying, you, can, you know, trying them next to ABM. each other from oh, the same ranch so cool. and yeah. seeing how different they are. But even last time I was down there, Carlos Camarena, who's yeah. the distiller, he was saying, you know, one of the fields that we're harvesting right now is really, really big. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I mean, this one right here will without a doubt make a completely different flavor tequila from even like that one on the other side of the field. He oh, was like, wow. because the hill's different and this and this. He's like, every single one tastes completely different. That is so cool. So you almost have like a region within a region. Yeah. Like a and segment on the property that would taste different. It's, I mean, and it's just like, He's so passionate about yeah. it and just listening to him talk. Is oh, I just, love listening to him talk about this. He's amazing. Stuff. It's really, really cool. And it's good he's on the team, you know? I, I love him. He's so excited because of the snow. Oh, yeah. He's like, I can't wait to see what the agaves are going to like. Because, you know, when they're under stress, like it produces so much more sugar. That's content. right. Yeah. And he's like, I can't wait to see like how good the tequila is or how different it is because of that like super stress that came from that snow oh, we amazing. had this year. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, we I think we were kind of worrying about it but that's a good point that when you put plants under duress like that much like polka like yeah you cut it totally repair itself you know that's that's brilliant it's interesting and is that you think that one is going to be the around the 2017 as well or maybe Mm, a little bit later no well i mean it's we have so many ranches growing so it'll actually it'll be in multiple vintages because you know they're all at different stages of life yeah yeah. that's very cool i know and so so, nerdy and i love it i I do too and you know here's one thing that i'm gonna say that maybe people aren't talking about and that's okay it's not like a big pressing issue but it is all about the terroir yeah and you could plant multiple varietals of agave in the same place and blend them together or even separately and they're going to taste similar so that's the thing that's really interesting at one point is i felt like mezcal was the flavor, yes, the terroir, but it was more driven by the varietal. Like a papalome tastes better than it, or rather tastes different than a tapestate. And I'll, be that as it may, it's actually more about that soil. You could plant sotol plants 
in that same soil and make a distillate from that and it's going to taste similar and so what i felt was what like a real rigid kind of with mezcal based on varietal it's not the varietal that makes the flavor change it's the people the process and then where it's grown that's way more influential. It, it is, absolutely. And with different varietals, I mean, obviously, like, some are much sweeter. Sure. And, like, you know, Karwinskis are always very sweet to me. Yeah? Um, I Yeah. I don't, very they're musky just, to me. I, like, when I drink Karwinskis, I'm always, like, I can smell it. Like, I know oh, it sure, right sure, away. Sure, sure, I'm, sure. like, oh, that's that one's going to be a little sweet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that the areas has a lot to do with it. And I think we also just haven't experienced mezcal enough as consumers to yeah. really like have that same understanding of the flavor profile like we do of the blue agave right, right. you know like we've had that for a while a long time yeah and like I it's think, very singular in terms of the species mm-hmm. you know? and so i think like the more we like taste more and more you know espadines now are something that like i feel like now people are it's familiar so with right, right you right. know and now like Maracuiches are like so Becoming hot bigger. and trendy right now, and Mexicanas, sure. and you know those like those varietals are kind of like the new hot thing. And yeah. I think also the more you like taste those plants, you can kind of like understand the different flavor components yeah. too. And, the, and then the soil will totally disrupt. Like mm-hmm. what you, it's so interesting because it is driven that way. Because I've had some sotols now that taste exactly like a maracuiche. Sotols are so crazy. Yeah, it's it's but it's not about. The plants are ultimately the plants are just this vehicle for their experiences in that particular soil, you know. And so you taste that very, very good. Well, you know, we go on and on about agave, how delicious <laughs> it is, and I very much appreciate you dropping off the bottle. Oh, of this course, O nine vintage. I can't wait to dive into it after I take a nap. Yeah, I was like, you don't need to drink this now. It's a little early. I know last night was probably hard. Was, that's my own doing. It's, it's my I know. own fault. You know, I drink plenty of outro last i'm night. sure but that's good you wake up it's fine you know it's fine like it's not like i have a hangover it's just i could have used more sleep <laughs> i know i can't do bourbon anymore oh really Mm-mm. any honestly like most aged spirits for me my body is no just good. like Mm-mm. what's different those are the things your liver has to filter out so it definitely affects your body it's definitely. like something with the sugar content that comes in there for yeah. i don't know like i for me i'm like a silver tequila or mezcal Some girl clear crisp Oriental rest, obviously. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> can't, we can't forget. No. Lest we forget. So, what, you know, the, the last question I really wanted to ask you. So, one, Tomas and the group is in town, you said, in June. June, early June. Were yeah. you guys doing a tour speaking? Is it just kind of like an in-market or is there specific? We, yeah, we're doing an in-market visit and then we're doing a really small, not really small, but a, a private tasting. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. With like a, a group of people, very cool that we're working on right Good. now. Good. So hopefully, the plan is to do actually a vertical. Oh man, yeah, people are gonna nerd out about that. Of all, and this is the first. It's the first time it's ever been done. Oh, amazing! So all of the, all of the years. So yeah. starting at two thousand seven. Oh, that's brilliant. Up Almost to two thousand fifteen. Yeah, wow. is what we have right now. Well, that I won't exert any pressure or influence to say <laughs> just let me know if i'm, I'm sure there's a we seat at the table <laughs> well you know we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see who who knows who who's going or any of that but that that sounds amazing i mean like super nerd alert <laughs> like i cannot wait yeah that's and it'll be tomas and carlos so, oh my gosh like we're gonna have to wear all wear glasses i i can't like, even mm. like my mind is we're gonna do one in houston we're gonna do one in austin and we're yeah. gonna do one in san antonio oh that's brilliant it'd be a lot of fun and so the, the last question, though, that I really had for you is that there's been some, I think that obviously wage disparity is a big deal in all industries, especially when you talk about uh, corporate America, like women making less and men and stuff. There's been a lot of talk lately about, I, I don't know if we want to call it the disenfranchisement or, or whatnot of, of women in the industry, but so you as a strong, influential, uh, successful woman in the industry, is it difficult in this what is kind of like a, a guy's game a male-dominated industry oh how annoying has facebook been the oh, past dude. like two how weeks annoying i don't even get on it anymore on it, yeah. i'm just so i have a very different opinion about the whole thing yeah. like and i don't i'm very much like not a vocal person on facebook about yeah, stuff yeah. like that for me like that is a really I think it's the wrong way to do things. Well, like it's couch politics. Yeah. Right? And like, it's what are you like, really influencing on there? You know, talking just like talking shit on Facebook in general. Right. To me, it's just Whatever. distasteful. It's just distasteful, and mm. I I think it puts you in an ugly light. 
So, so putting so, that aside. Yeah, but like, so taking it to a more macro kind of view right. and then sexism in this industry, like what do, whatever your experience For me, like I've never had a bad experience. Yeah. Like for me personally, it has always been an asset yeah. being a woman in mm-hmm. the industry because you're you're different yeah. you know like it's such a it is like there's a very it's a very male driven industry in theory sure but i mean you could still go and be a bartender at places and i'm sure that there's people like women that have issues and i'm i'm sure that that yeah, happens yeah. but just speaking personally mm-hmm. i've never had an issue with it that's great and for me it's always been like i said an asset yeah and being I, different whether it was because you're ultra tall or ultra short right <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, some kind just, of yeah for me like advantage. i rock yeah. it right yeah, yeah, and yeah. so and that's the thing it's like own what you do and like be yourself and yeah. like you just have to work at it and i i get that there's some hardships with things but kind of this whole like women like standing up and doing all this stuff and like being like we are like underrepresented and all this stuff it's yeah. like sometimes i feel like by doing that, you're com- you're separating yourself even more. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you don't need to just be like, oh, well, we're doing like this all girls thing and this, mm-hmm. this, that. You don't it's need to like, like overcompensate. You're for separating it, right? yourself even more yeah. by by spinning it that way. And obviously, like, I don't, I'm not like super vocal about that. And I just, you know, people can do what they want. And I yeah, understand absolutely. that everybody has different situations. Yeah. And I, I just feel like, because this industry is growing as we talk, there's scaling issues, right? And that's just that's because you can't find the right staff. So obviously, lots of staff totally. forces. But it also it was started in a particular way, which I feel was male dominated. But now it, I can't put actual numbers to say like, oh well, now it's even because who knows? It probably isn't. But it seems like that the emerging voice, of like in the female, the power. The powerful females in this industry, mm-hmm. it's like insane. It's beautiful how it's running and yeah, absolutely. You know, it's great and it's I'm happy that they like have we like have such a big presence and yeah. everything. Like I love that. It's awesome. So like let's have that moment where we like highlight that like women are doing this and this is great. Yeah. And then let's just grow as an industry. Yeah, that's like right. let's stop like like making people different from yeah. one you know like it's let's just, just like, all do this to, together do it together yeah, yeah. and like you know we're in like we're in a weird phase of the industry right well, now it's growing pain. it's growing really it's yeah. for sure and you know? it's you know so i think we'll obviously we'll get through it yeah. and then i just i just can't wait for when it's just like it's just the way it is you know we just version two yeah yeah because it is you're right we're at this point we're still like a beta app we're still working out totally the bugs and trying to figure this out in the market like from from our side when you talk about like producing and stuff that's gonna shake out in a whole other way yeah you know and you know maybe i feel that like the way i do because of the situation that i've come from where yeah. i haven't had any of those hardships i'm sure if i had some issues i would have a different opinion sure but it's good. I mean, at least you have a perspective on it. And everybody is different. And I always want to know. And Because, you know, it's not hard to get the male side of the story. Because I, I am I'm a guy. So it's, it's, <laughs> e- it's easy. I have like some, yeah. we, have, we have the same anatomy. You, guy behind the bar. Like, so at least we get some stuff in common. So it's always good to get the other opinions. So absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm ready for people to start talking about like racism and like, yes. you know. Gender preferences of like, you know, it's I feel like it's just going to get crazier before it gets. It is. (laughs) And the more we oh gosh, the more credence we give to people's long diatribes on Facebook, the worse it's going to get. And we have a couple of those guys. If I didn't have to do Facebook stuff for work, I would. You wouldn't do it at all. That's good. That's a good point. I hate it. I like I really do. I got only one rule. Then that's why I use Twitter and that's why I use Facebook. And that is to make stupid jokes. Yeah. That's it. Dad jokes, really. I I think it's a great vessel for marketing and for the like our industry. Yeah. But that's all that's like really all I use it for now. That's good. Keep it simple, right? Well, so if in fact as we conclude this conversation, <laughs> if in fact there's a seat at that table and if a John is <laughs> if John's the one putting it together, maybe I'll maybe I'll bug him about it. But we we have a list. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> but one of those the, it's like one of those velvet rope kinds of things it's gonna be yeah fun. you know like 
it's it's some weird stuff's going on. You know, I, you have to do. We have like a list of stuff you have to do to get on the list. I like it. I and like it. You have to like sacrifice some animals. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> All right, I'm out. I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> the hoops you and anyone will go through to drink good tequila. We can we can make it up. They know no bounds. <laughs> so I'm so, so good you're in town, and it's great that we're speaking on the 88th episode about Ocho after Cinco de Mayo. It could not be more fortuitous. It was perfect. Thanks so much for coming Thank by, Whitney. You. It's been a pleasure. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Whitney Hobbs, the attache, one of the amazing attaches for the Bon Vivants? You might be drinking some Ancho Reyes with her. You might be sipping some Tequila Ocho. And as we chatted about, there was this amazing vertical. And I did not have to sacrifice anything except... An afternoon of my time to sip through what was one of the most memorable occasions of my life with Carlos Camarena, Tomas Estes in the same room, Whitney, John Garrett, lots of great people, and we went and we sipped this Tequila Ocho from start to finish. Whitney, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. I know we've been in the same room many times, but never really sat down and chatted, and I hope that it was good listening for you guys out there as well. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter which year of Tequila Ocho you're going to try to grab on the gray market, or if you're also really curious how the Verde Ancho Reyes tastes, please keep dancing.